Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and grace and mercy. Thank you for faith. Thank you for truth. Thank you that we are your children. Thank you for the word that you give us. Thank you for growing us in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for your unspeakable gift. In Jesus' name, amen. Christmas is right around the corner. Comes quick, huh? When you're a kid, it doesn't come quick enough. When you're old, it seems like <laughs> everything's in high gear. What do you want for Christmas? <laughs> what do you think about say that? Santa Claus? <laughs> Amazon Prime, <laughs> credit card bills. <laughs> it's easy to get caught up in the commercialism of it all. At least when I was a kid, you know all the stores, all, all the uh, all the ornaments and decorations and everything had a lot more to do with Jesus, (laughs) now you don't see anything. And most of the stores, they've sort of prohibited, I think. Sad, but uh, we keep the, we put a nativity set out in our yard that uh, about two or three feet tall, belonged to Tavana's mama. It's really special to her. One of one of the pieces has a hole in the back, <laughs> broke off, but can't see it. My position is just right. I haven't put it out because I'm waiting for Harper because now she's five and she's it's a big thing to her. And then baby Jesus, we don't put out until Christmas Eve, partially because he wasn't born yet, and second love all people steal him. It's a thing. Crazy. Crazy. The devil trying to steal a whole generation from this nation. But revival, not revival only, but awakening is coming. We're already in the beginning stages of it. We'll be talking more about that in weeks to come. Because I have a real revelation of it now and I'm even more blessed than I was when I thought I knew what he was talking about. When I was a kid, um, for Christmas, I remember my grandma, my mama, they always just said, if you ask what they wanted, they'd just say, just a little piece. Just a little piece. What do you think they meant? (laughs) I mean, what is peace, really? I looked it up, since you asked. (laughs) A state of tranquility or quiet. Freedom from civil disturbance. A 
state of security or order within a community provided for by law or custom, or freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. Yeah. Harmony in personal relationships. Yeah. A state or period of mutual concord between governments, a pact or agreement to end hostilities between those who have been at war or in a state of enmity. Or used interjectionally to ask for silence or calm or as a greeting or farewell. That one brings to mind a time when Jesus said, Shalom. And the sea was still. Amen. What do you think peace looks like? Is it the opposite of war? <laughs> or when there's no fighting, fighting or violence or arguing? There's no strife in your midst? One of the things we don't allow here is God hates it. That's having peace with others. And that's a good thing. What about peace on the inside? My grandpa was a man who... Got to be careful. Talking about certain people. <laughs> Emotions that get you. But he was my hero. He spent his Christmas in the Argon one time in Battle of the Bulge. Over in Belgium. Thank God for him. But he he was gentle and quiet man. But my mom said his nerves were all bundled up on the inside of him. Never could see it on the outside though. But it was true. When we have peace in our hearts, we're not worried, we're not upset, we're not fearful or angry. It's a good thing. This is something people may not be able to discern by looking at us, but we know, <laughs> don't we? At this time of year, we're always thinking about what we need to do what gifts we need to buy, where we need to be, make everybody happy, make sure nobody gets upset with us or disappointed. And it's easy again to get caught up in all that. We put great burdens on ourselves and on others. And then stress is a natural byproduct of, of this sort of wrong-minded lifestyle. And people are just left wanting a little peace. God doesn't want His children to live without peace in their hearts or minds either. But what about peace with God Himself? Because there's no peace without God. Amen? When Adam and Eve started out in the Garden of Eden, they, were, they had peace with God. They were friends with God. They walked and talked with Him in the cool of the day. Fellowship with God. 
but then Adam and Eve chose to sin. They chose Satan's lie over God's truth. And the peace that they had with God was broken in Genesis chapter 3. And ever since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, we, everybody born of man, has been born with a sin nature. God looks at the seed, and the seed of Adam was fallen, corrupted. Nothing he could do to redeem it, to fix it. So he passed that seed down to everyone ever born since. Except for Jesus, because he wasn't born of a natural man. He was born of God the Father into a woman. So he was God and man, but he didn't have that corrupted gene pool from Adam. Amen. It's important because otherwise he couldn't have been a kinsman redeemer if he wasn't born of that woman. Because he had, it had to be somebody like us because we're the ones who gave the authority away that God had given us. Couldn't have been of a natural man though because they're sinful. And they would have been bored with that sin nature. Instead, he was born with God's nature. And he lived it out. He walked it out. Sinless life. Thank you, Jesus. So we've all sinned. Fallen short of the glory of God. The punishment for that sin is death. And every person has lost the peace that God wanted them to have with Him because of it. In a sense, like I always say, you can say the devil made me do it before you're born again. Because he really just pulling the strings. He's going to use you however he decides. But when you're born again, you're freed of that corrupted sin nature. God moves in. Kingdom of God. Restores your spirit. Seals it with the promised Holy Spirit. One third of your salvation is over. Kingdom of God is inside of you. The mind of Christ. All the peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control you're ever going to need. The cure for that disease or that ailment that you're seeking and pleading with God for, about six inches below your nose. God wanted to restore the peace that was lost. And he promised to send a Savior to restore that peace. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. That's what it says in the King James. In this English Standard Version, that word wicked says sick. So they're interchangeable. Mark 2.17 though, Jesus said, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Which is everybody. 
It's just that the ones that acknowledge that qualified for the free gift of salvation. The ones who thought they didn't need it, didn't get it. Still don't. Romans 3, 22 through 24 says we're justified by faith. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. For there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. And this brings us to the Christmas story. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. You know, if you start at the beginning of December and you read a chapter of Luke every day on Christmas Eve, you have the full, uh, one full account of Jesus' life. And then on Christmas morning, you'll know a lot more about what to be thankful for. Amen. So you're only a few days in. You can catch up if you want to. It's a fun thing to do. Sort of an Advent thing. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And there was in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, the angel there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace. Goodwill toward men. The NIV says, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests. This is where some mistakenly and in beauty pageants all over the world (laughs) have taken this to mean Peace on earth amongst men. Well, blessed are the peacemakers. Amen. But this world, peace between, the peace between people dream of between men is only going to happen when Jesus returns and establishes his kingdom here. And at that time, those of us who know Him will rule and reign with Him in peace for a thousand years. Amen. Amen. Revelation 20, verse 6. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. That's you. For them, the second death holds no power. Death has lost its sting. Someday you're going to leave this planet. Either when the Lord comes back for you or when you just transition from here to there. But that's all it is. You'll be here one second. You'll be with Him the next. 
You're never going to stand before the great white throne judgment seat of God. Which is a terrible place to be. Because you believed on Jesus, you've given your life to Him and accepted the free gift of salvation. Revelation 26. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them the second death holds no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with Him a thousand years. That doesn't mean it's a thousand years and then it's all over. No, it's just something else. This is just a... We're just here in this little class for a flicker, folks. Just a flicker. Then there's a lot more in store for you. And it's all good. As long as you know the Lord. But for now, now we're in probably the most dangerous time in world history. Satan is trying to steal an entire generation from us. I I see three young pioneers right here. Proud of them. I wish they... (laughs) I hope they understand the gravity of what, what God is doing in their lives and in their hearts. Because that fire is going to catch. This whole nation is going to be turned upside right. Amen. Yes, it is. Everything that this cheap counterfeit of the devil, this woke movement, is going to turn into the real thing, an awakening. And all of these young folks and old folks alike are going to begin to see the lies and deceptions that have been put upon them and they're going to get angry. They're going to get angry at the devil who is the one that our anger is supposed to be directed at. And this nation is going to turn back to God. The Savior that God promised was Jesus. God fulfilled His promise when He sent Jesus, His Son, to earth. The prophet Isaiah called Jesus the Prince of Peace in Isaiah 9, verse 6. And anyone who puts their trust in Jesus is made right with God. And their peace with God is restored. Acts 10.36 says, There is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. So the angel of the Lord was talking about the vertical peace between God and man. You see what I'm saying? The war is over with God, as Andrew would say. Jesus paid not just for your sins, past, present, and future but for the sins of the whole world. Every sin ever committed or ever will be committed, Jesus bore the punishment for it on His body on the tree. Now the sin you're going to... people will go to hell for is not believing on Jesus. Not putting their trust in Him and... Receiving the free gift of salvation.
So we do have peace with God through Jesus Christ, but we need to learn to allow it or allow Him, Jesus is our peace, to be manifest in our lives. Amen. In the storm, peace, shalom. That's all He said. And that raging sea which he had created said, oh, yes, sir. Now he lives in you. He's given you this authority. He got up and he ordered the wind to stop. He said to the waves, quiet, be still. (laughs) Shalom. Wind died down. It's completely calm. Mark 4.39. In a crowd of people, there's a woman with a terrible disease, the issue of blood. She came up behind Jesus. She touched him on his garment because she believed that if she could just touch him, she would be healed. She touched him. She was healed because of her faith. Faith is a requirement. It's it's necessary. The just are supposed to live by faith. You know, Jesus said, when I return, will I even find faith? And people hear a story like this, they go, oh, well, that's, you know, that's nice. But you realize this woman, she'd had this problem for 12 years. Bleeding the way she was, she was very weak. Probably very frail little woman. She'd spent all her money. She was broke on doctors everywhere to heal her. And the situation she was in, it was illegal for her to be in public. And if she got caught touching a rabbi, she would be killed on the spot. Now think about it. She's pressing her way through. She knew if I can get to Jesus, if I can just touch the hem of His garment, I will be healed. That's faith, folks. And He was going to heal somebody else. Pushing through the crowd. He didn't feel her touch the hem of His garment. He felt power leave his body and he stopped and said, Who touched me? His disciples said, Everybody touched you. What are you talking about? You're in a crowd. No. Somebody touched me. She came and fessed up. And he said, woman, your faith has made you whole. He didn't just heal her affliction. He healed everything. Why do you think he made a big deal out of that? Just want to make her tell what she did. Trying to embarrass her, get her in trouble. Nope. 
is important. He didn't want her. He didn't want her to think she stole it from him. And to still feel dirty and condemned. He wanted to bless her and free her of all that junk. And he wants to do the same for you today. Amen. Jesus wants to give you his peace. It's my my favorite scripture, John 14, 27. On that faithful night of his betrayal, Jesus talked and talked and talked. He had so much to say. The last chapters of John told him about what was happening, what was going to happen, the Holy Spirit, the one that was to come. And And then in the midst of all this, he talked about the Father a lot. In the midst of all this, he stopped and he just, he wanted to give them something very personal of his own. And John 14, 27, he says, Peace I give to you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives do I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. What a beautiful gift. And instructions on how to operate in it. Guard your heart. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's your part. You get into fear. You get into anxiety, worry, anger, bitterness. You lose that peace. It's a partnership. It's a relationship. It's always there. He's never going to take it back like the world does. That's what he's saying. I know, I know how the world is. They'll tell you one thing and change their mind the second they get mad at you. Take it back. I'm not going to do that. Never. I'm always here. If you don't have it, look to yourself. Look into your heart. See where you got off course, off track. You're holding something in your heart. You're holding unforgiveness. You're holding bitterness. Give it to me. Cast your cares on me. I got broad shoulders. I'm strong. I'll take care of it for you. But you got to trust me. Don't pick it back up again. And you'll be in peace. It's that simple. <laughs> it's easy on paper. <laughs> right? It's a lot different when it's really you. You don't understand what I've been through. Yeah, I know. I don't. You don't know what they did to me. No, I don't. I know what I've been through. I know what they did to me. But I don't. I I haven't walked in your shoes. But I know what they did to Jesus. The creator of everything that we know I know how they mocked him and arrested him and put him through a mock trial and spit on him and accused him and 
beat him and hung him stripped naked on a cross suspended between heaven and earth rejected by both temporarily so that you never would be. And he loves you. I know that. So, question I asked you before, I'll answer for myself. All I want for Christmas is Jesus. Amen? Praise God. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for coming to earth and providing a way back for us to God the Father through you. We thank you for the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your love and grace and mercy and everything that this time of year represents, Lord. Help us to put you first and to not get off track or off course or caught up in the things of the world, but to be mindful of you, to spend time with you, and to put you first place in all things. And not be ashamed of you or of your word, Lord. This is the best time of year to magnify you and to put you up on a pedestal for others to see. So thank you, Lord, for that opportunity. Lead us and guide us and show us those opportunities, those windows and doors uh, that you have open in the hearts and minds of those that we know or come across, those who will hear you and receive you through our words, our testimony, our experiences shared with them. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.